0: Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome as we continue on now in the study we're doing um, through the New Testament, which, you know, if you've been listening, most of you have, we're going to work through the entire Bible together. But it takes a while to do that when you do it a chapter at a time, because we're, we're so far into this thing, and we're, we're just into the Timothy's, and we've still got uh, Titus, and then we've got the three letters that John wrote, plus the book of Revelation, and we've still got Hebrews to get to and the letters by Peter so, um, so we have a ways to go yet but that's okay we're learning lots and, and we got nothing but time till Jesus comes back that's what I figure so, uh, so we'll just keep plugging away reading and studying the Bible in context like this is extremely important to understanding how it fits together um, to help us be aware of um, Teachings that aren't accurate. Paul's going to address some of those again today. It's been happening since the church started, um, where where uh, sometimes people will get um, off course uh, of the truth. Sometimes they do it on purpose. Sometimes they don't. It's just kind of not being uh, you know really plugged into where they need to be, so the motives can change. And but um, we just want to be aware. We want to we want to know um, the the book of the Lord so we can know the lord of the book better uh, and uh, and so we we dig in and we study and we we you know we pray and we ask questions and we do all those things that we can do to be um to be disciples and to know god and to know his word that's part of what we're called to And so um, we we worked through the Gospels together, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, then we did the book of Acts, and then springing out of the book of Acts, we started looking at Paul's letters, and that's what we've been doing now for for a big chunk of time, Paul wrote most, a big chunk of the New Testament anyway, and uh, he was writing letters back to the new church, that's why they're so important to us, the church had just started, they had a lot of issues, Paul never got to stay in one area very long, he, he, uh, he usually got kicked out of towns by the established religious community, and so he'd get churches started, and then he'd have to leave, and then they would either send people to him to ask questions, or they would write letters, and he would write back, and the letters that Paul wrote are primarily in response to questions and situations that were going on in the early church. And so when we read the Scripture, we always have to hold that in context that, that he was writing to specific situations that were happening in the church. With that said, the situations are not that different today because the same things are still kind of happening uh, in the church and people still have the same issues that they had 2,000 years ago, um, primarily. And uh, we, we get the same sort of attack that we were under back then and so there's a lot of stuff that is absolutely immediately applicable to us um, but it's just it's important for us to hold it in context so that we don't try and make the text say something that it's not saying that's really the bottom line we don't ever want to do that that's how you get in trouble so we're we're digging through um, these letters together and we are in 2nd Timothy now and we're going to be in chapter 2 today 1st um, Timothy 2nd Timothy and Titus are sort of considered um, teaching letters where Paul lays out a lot of things that he wants his young um, sort of protégés to be teaching the church. That's Timothy and Titus. Um, he uses these letters to encourage them and to tell them to press in and press on on the Lord and that these are the things that you need to continue to pass on to people that are coming to Christ and living in Christ and knowing who he is. And so it's, it's more than just knowledge that they're passing on. It's a way of life, what, what this life in Christ is supposed to look like. By the time we get to 2 Timothy, um, although uh, we believe it's the last book that Paul wrote, um, we're still going to go and do Titus here in a little bit, but but, um, as far as we know, it's the last book uh, that Paul wrote um, in in his lifespan. And things are very difficult at this point in time in the church, um, because the church is being persecuted. The year is around 66 or 67 A.D., Um, The church is being heavily persecuted at this point, Um, now that's big in the picture is Rome. You know, the church had been persecuted by, um, you know, Jewish people had been persecuted by the Greeks, and now Rome is in on the act, primarily because the Caesar at the time, who was insane, um, literally, had set fire to the city, and uh, it didn't go over very well with the people of Rome, as you can imagine, and so he decided he'd blame it on the Christians. And um, they're taking the rap for this fire that the crazy emperor of Rome uh, let Nero, the emperor Nero, Caesar Nero uh, at the time. And so um, they are people that are involved with the church, are ostracized from the community. They're being tortured publicly. They're being murdered. And um, this is, you know, what the new church is facing. It's a horrible time. If you go back in history and read what they were dealing with, it's horrendous um, what they were going through. And yet, this at some level, the church, when it was persecuted, um, as it seems to today, often it just kind of takes off and grows crazy, so um, it continued to move on, but there was a lot of issues, and there was a lot of fear, as you can imagine, and um, Paul is imprisoned again at this time, this time the uh, uh, he's in prison, this is about four years after he wrote 1 Timothy where he was under house arrest now he's being imprisoned, where he's actually chained, Um, he even refers to it as being chained like a criminal um, in the process, still for things he hadn't done and and this is what's going on at the time of the writing and so these are the last recorded words uh, in 2 Timothy that we have from the Apostle Paul um, before he goes on to be with Jesus and he's really reaching out to Timothy, encouraging him and telling him to press on in spite of all the persecution that's going on around him. So let's dig into Second Timothy chapter 2. Uh, there's 26 verses. I'll be reading them to you. I'm reading out of the NIV. Uh, you can follow along on the notes we gave you or in your Bibles. Whatever translation you might have is good. Um, but Second Timothy chapter 2 beginning in verse 1. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others endure hardship with us like a good soldier of christ jesus no one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs he wants to please his commanding officer similarly if anyone competes as an athlete he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here's a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Keep reminding them of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenius and Philetus who have wandered away from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place and they destroy the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's salad, solid salad, that's funny, God's solid foundation, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription, the Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness, in a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver but also of wooden clay, some are for noble purposes and some for ignoble. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, he will be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments, because you know they produce quarrels. It's one of my favorite sayings. Is never argue with a fool. They drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. (laughs) You can use that. And the Lord's servants must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Those who oppose him, he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. And blessed be the word of the Lord. All right, let's dig into some of the points in this. And uh, the big, one of the biggest points for me of this letter is in the very first verse there, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, you then my son, which is you know big about how Paul loves Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and I think that's something that all of us need to hear, take in, and live in. We need to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Remember now, they're under tremendous persecution, the church is, Timothy is, the whole church in Ephesus, as well as all over Rome. And, and um, you can have a lot of reactions when people are coming against you and, and, and intimidating you and uh, uh, there's false teaching going on, but Paul's words to Timothy, look, be strong in grace, be strong in grace. And so what does it look like to be strong in grace? I want to read you some verses. Um, You can jot these down and check them out later on. John chapter 1, verse 14 through 17 says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning Him. He cries out, saying, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because He was before me. From the fullness of His grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ." We need to understand that we're a people of grace because Jesus modeled for us a life of grace. And it's by His grace that we're able to be in relationship with Him. It's not by anything we have done, not because we're performing well, but because of His grace. Galatians 2.21 I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness could be gained through the law Christ died for nothing. The whole grace, idea, concept, thing is the gift of God. Ephesians 2.4-9 But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it's by grace you've been saved through faith and this not from yourselves, it's the gift of God not by works, so that no one can boast. And so it's because of this, this gift of grace to us. Because of that, we're to be a people of grace. We're not to become a hardened um, group of hypocritical people filled with judgment and pointing out to the world their, their mess. Um, uh, we're to be a people who understand that, that it's by grace that we've been saved, it's by grace alone that we're in relationship to Christ, it's by His grace we couldn't earn it, we don't deserve it, but because of His grace He wants us to be in relationship with Him and that we're to be representatives of that grace we're to represent grace, what it looks like how it's offered, how to extend it how to love people through it never thinking that we Sometimes the church starts thinking that it has it all figured out and it starts treating people outside as less than and we can never do that. We always need to be looking at the beauty of their potential. We, we need to be an encouragement to the world. We're the, we're the bearers of good news, the best news in the universe. We have the, we have the message of life forever um, that, that, that we got because of grace and we're to extend it in the same way. But we, we're ineffective when we become judgmental and we become, you know, hyper-religious. We, we, we lose our effectiveness in the world. And, you know, like I've told you so many times that, that the world, when the church gets like that, the world just turns it off, hits the mute button and says, I'm not going to listen. And, and for years we've, been, we, we've had that happen. The, the church has, has just stopped loving well. And, and that's all we can do is go back and start loving well again. To, to, um, to reach out to a lost world with love in order that they'll, they'll unmute us so they can hear the message of hope we have to extend to them. That's what it means to be strong in grace. there will be pushed back from the enemy there'll be persecution from the world around us because there always will be there'll be people who refuse to believe there'll be people who try and twist the truth all that will happen but our response is always to be a people that are that are grace-filled graceful because that's what Jesus demonstrated he showed us time and time and time again this is what it looks like I live like this he, he just turned everything upside down when he came and said live like this no live like this and your conversations, extend the, the kingdom of God to people. Make it available to them. Like he did with the man, well, do you want to get well? It's a question of life, not judgment, not, not meanness, not pointing out, just saying, do you want to get well? Here's, here's how. Life is available to you in Christ. Now and forever life. But it all happens. It's all tied into grace. So, so we have to be full of grace for the world so that they can come to know the one and be one more so live strong in grace be strong in grace it's one of my favorite verses right there in 2nd Timothy 2 be strong in the grace of the Lord let it be the hallmark let you know I I hope people will know us by our our love and our grace and and not you know anyway be strong in the grace 2nd Timothy 2 verses 2 through 7 Um, out of this grace-filled living, we're, we're to tell other people about Jesus. We're, we're to tell other people, and, the, and you, you've heard, you might have heard me say it this way. This is how this whole thing is supposed to work, and how it started back then. Because what Paul says to Timothy is, look, teach people what you've heard that, that will teach other people what they've heard, who will teach other people what they've heard about Jesus, because that's, that, that's all we got to get the message out. And I like to say it this way, because uh, I think it holds the grace context in for me. Um, We need to be people who realize and embrace our own brokenness. And we can do that because of God's grace. We don't have to pretend to be something we're not. That's That's a huge difference. Be people that realize and embrace our own brokenness and get healed enough in Jesus that we can help other broken people realize and embrace their own brokenness and get healed enough in Jesus That they can help other broken people realize, embrace their own brokenness and get healed enough in Jesus that they can help other people. And see, that's how it goes. That's how it works. That's what happens. That's the process. But it starts with being strong in grace understanding it's by grace we've been saved, that we don't need to pretend, we don't need to wear masks, we don't need to perform well, we just need to live this thing out under the grace of God, always trying to do the next right thing because we know that's what he wants us to do, but, but still living it as real as we possibly can so that other people can, can get it and, and press on and in to Jesus. In verses 8 through 13, um, Paul was in prison at this time. Like I said, now he's chained in a, in a very... Uh, not a great situation and and he's there for teaching the truth about jesus the message of the cross the good news of jesus the gospel and and it's offensive to many people it was then it is now in 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 in, you know in in paul's day there were many false teachers who want to change truth for um untruth for lies and we have to continue to hold on to the truth of God's Word. Um, even in the face of constant opposition, uh, it, it's still, you know, the, the Word, the truth of God's Word is still being believed by people every day and changing their lives now and forever. And, and that's because it can do that. The, the, the truth of the Word of God, the, the truth of the Gospel, is, is, has the ability to change lives as people receive it and believe it and act on it and accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior and so we need to continue to hold on to the truth, that's why when I started I said it's so important that we continue always pressing in and studying and reading and, and being aware that there are many false teachings out there that that sort of sound good but are just off a little and we need to know the difference we need to be able to go that sounds good but if something's not right and, and, and then plug into it at that level so um, verses 14 through 16 the idea there is that we have to build our lives on His Word and then build His Word into our lives Um, the the scripture is do your best to present yourselves as workmen approved and so you know let me just use it as an opportunity again to say look every day guys we need to be reading a book every day every day something I mean obviously we have jobs and lives and things going on but but you need to build your life on his word and build his word into your life and it just won't happen if you're not spending time in it so you know that's been my constant encouragement for a long time it's still there every day start spending some time in the word every day and you know i was talking with a friend earlier sometimes sometimes it's it's uh there's seasons like sometimes i can't wait to 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 read in the morning i get excited about it i look forward to it. other times it's a little like pulling teeth that's just honest you know if i'm tired or something or you know there's parts of the scripture that are sometimes less exciting than other parts of the scripture there's really not but they appear that way um and and i just have to wrestle through it but i know there's life in there and it's funny when i plug in it's, it's, the lord's always speaking to me in that time but it's not always what you, what i initially want to do sometimes it is and sometimes it's not it's like um you know, I've been talking about running. I've been running again, and I, I have these streaks where I look, some mornings I wake up, and really can hardly wait to run. The last three days, every day, it feels like, and I go and run anyway, but it feels like I'm running in the mud. I don't know how to explain it other than that. I can't get, I can't hit my groove, you know. I just, it's just not coming, and I keep thinking, okay, it's going to happen. Just, okay, keep going, it's going to happen. And I, so I'm spending my whole runs talking myself out of walking because that's what I want to do. So literally all three miles, 27 minutes of, I want to stop, I want to stop, I want to stop. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to stop. But it's, but it's not always like that. And thank goodness it's not always like that. I'm going do that forever. Um, but sometimes reading the Bible is like that. Uh, but press in, and that's when you find, you get the breakthroughs in. The nuggets are in, pressing in. So be, be workmen, you know, that, that are approved because you dig in and you do it. Verses 17 through 19, there was this false teaching that was going around that was being promoted like these guys Hymenaeus and Philetus among others, um, that the, there was the resurrection that they would experience in Christ was only a spiritual one. There was not a physical resurrection of the dead. And so that once they were spiritually reborn, that was it. That's all that happened. And Paul vehemently taught that believers will be physically resurrected after they died. That, that we, we meet again with Jesus um, and we are physically resurrected. Our soul and our bodies will, will be resurrected and, be, um, and live eternally with Jesus. And that's what Paul taught and it's an important teaching in the Christian faith. And so when people come in and start saying other things, um, it's, it crushes people's faith. And that's a terrible thing. And so Paul was saying, you know, be careful on, of those people when they start twisting the truth and make sure that they're aware of the truth and what the truth is and, and how you need to deal with that. And so um, he deals with that. And then there at the end, uh, the last six verses, Paul encourages Timothy, I like this, to live a life that would allow him to be the kind of person that God could use for noble purposes. Isn't that a great encouragement? If you think about all the things that you could be encouraged, Paul says to Timothy, "Why don't you live the kind of life so that God can use you for His highest purposes? That you'll just be ready to respond to whatever God wants. That that you'll you'll get that that's that's like one of the biggest blessings you could ever have is that when God says go, you go. When He says you know here and you're ready, because you're ready, because you're living a life. Um, And again, I say those things, not pretend. None of us is perfect." We're all going to have days where we struggle, where we miss it, where we choose to do the wrong thing, where we allow ourselves to, you know, have off days um, by our bad choices and stuff. But but overall, I think if we're really trying to live by doing the next right thing, if that's our goal. And that's why I say that so often. If that's if that's our heart. God knows your heart. Um, that, that, that puts you in a place to where He can use you for His noble purposes. And I think that's just the, the neatest thing. So... Uh, The encouragement is for all of us to be ready to share with people as as the ambassadors of Christ that we're called to be. But always, and he closes with, with kindness, with love, with respect, with patience, with humility, and with lots and lots of grace. Lots of grace. It's such an important thing. Always be aware of how much grace you need so you can extend it to others. And that's sort of the heart of the message of 2nd Timothy chapter 2 and we're going to stop with that if you're watching on television or by video thank you so much for spending time with us we appreciate that we know how valuable your time is and uh, if you need anything our website is keysvineyard.com if you need prayer you can go there hit the prayer page and let us know or there's a phone number there you can call us and we'll pray for you and uh, other than that we will see you soon